0: so um today are we gonna just uh, forego the uh, the intern stuff oh yeah it's a whole new world baby we'll just...
1: Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna explain everything it's gonna be the intern corner if you have something to which, talk uh, about if you have something to talk about I'll, you can which talk I'll about
0: start it. next time no. Yeah.
2: No, you can just not you can say I don't have anything and we'll be like, Oh, okay, great. Good job. That's exactly how it
3: should start. (laughs) Yeah. 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 With a stumble. (laughs) I ain't the
4: sharpest tool in the show.
3: Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? (laughs) An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied.
2: Affirmative? The trailer made me emotional.
3: Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. (laughs) Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse.
2: Oh my God, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so Uh, wet oh my god it's coming trailer park podcast 94 (sighs) ah we've arrived welcome
3: daniel welcome intern
0: uh welcome hello gentlemen
3: what does 94 mean to you uh 1994 pivotal year in uh any aging millennial's life true lies is that why it's a great movie yes thank you you nailed it (laughs) Mm -hmm. hoping someone would get that pretty good uh pretty good movie
2: Uh, Are you specifically referring to the scene with Jamie Lee Curtis uh, dancing in front of Arnold Schwarzenegger and possibly masturbating to it?
3: Yes. And then after completing that, realizing that you could just go to Trading Places and just see your tits straight up.
2: Yeah, no, I I didn't figure that out until much later. Didn't have the internet before. Now you can just pull out your phone and be like, this person's tits. And boom, you'll figure it out.
3: And if it doesn't exist, someone has Photoshopped it for you.
2: That's right. If you want to go there... In your mind. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes the Photoshop isn't very good. You know, it's fake. It doesn't really feel like it's going to take you all the way.
0: Yeah, if it seems fake, that's a problem.
2: It is a problem. You're right. It's a it's a very hard thing to do is, you know.
3: I like it real fake, though, where the head is just obviously the wrong proportion. Uh, you can see the crude, like, cut lines.
2: What about um, What about uh, just some, some straight-up info about 94 here? I, I see that it's the atomic number of plutonium. Mm-hmm. That's no. Ah. So is that all that
3: we get about plutonium? What about it? What else about it?
2: What else about plutonium, or what else about ninety-four?
3: Plutonium. What do we use it for? Well, is it Doc. Bad? Is it good? Is it dangerous? Doc
2: Brown used it to power his time machine. Thank you. Uh,
0: it was named after the last planet when it was still a planet. And then so it's uh, got an unfortunate planet. name as it's not a planet anymore.
2: Is it the most oh. famous of the planetiums?
0: I believe it has regained planet status. Am I wrong? You are wrong. Hmm. There is another planet that they haven't, uh, you know, seen yet. That's yeah, the awkward no, planet. planet X that's now planet sure. XB.
2: I think the important thing here, gentlemen, is that number 94 um, does have meaning. It's uh, it's about global circumstances and being realistic. Uh, it's, it's both pragmatic and idealistic. It realizes humanity as a whole. Um, it also realizes the inertia can be affected and tides turned. When 94 decides to do something, it determines the method and steps required to accomplish it, then applies yeah. its focus to that method and those steps until the goal is reached. Methodical.
3: I think uh, proven no better than uh, if your name is Kurt Cobain, 94 will find you and shoot you in the head with a shotgun. Get it done. Get it done.
2: That's Is that the year he died? <laughs> I believe so. Is that <laughs> Cause I, uh, Chelsea actually yells out Cobain um, when you go to the car. People go shotgun and then she goes Cobain because <laughs> she's going to sit behind the passenger seat. And that's terrible
4: because,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, shotgun's in the passenger side and she's behind it. So she's Cobain because she's you get it.
3: Right. The seat head is like Cobain's mouth. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, Here's some interesting
0: news. Uh, fam- famous people who died in 1994, Jeffrey Dahmer and uh, John
3: Wayne Gacy. Ooh, double. Yeah. Yeah. Took took three took three gentle hearts from us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, what the hell? Breaking news, gentlemen! All good things must come to an end. Breaking news tonight from Sad Sack Studios. We are hearing. I am hearing. That both Nathan and Daniel have reached true gentleman status, and the burden list will be no more.
3: What?
2: Yep, that's right. The segment will be replaced by an open roundtable where we just get to chat about movies in general.
3: You know what? I felt something in my gut. Yeah, it was. I just felt. I felt different. I just felt better, and so this doesn't surprise me.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, it says here. Additionally, there will be a coronation ceremony for both Nathan and Daniel, but in true sad sack fashion, this will not take place until the remaining movies on their burden lists have been viewed and appreciated.
3: Right. When you're done taking a shit, you don't just stand up. <laughs>
2: you got to wipe, <laughs> you got to wipe it up. You got to clean up.
0: It's you true. don't want to be a real lumpy flush dragger.
3: I hear that. What the hell? Oh.
2: All mediocre things also come to an end. Uh, in a shocking turn of events, the intern archive update will also be going through a transition and becoming the intern's corner. Mm-hmm. This will be where the intern will be permitted to direct our conversation on a topic of his choosing or use the opportunity to clean something out of his safe safe box.
0: Oh, there's a lot in there. There's
3: a lot to unpack. <laughs> oh, God. For a second, I thought it was that he was just he had proven himself irresponsible with a full room. And so we had relegated him to a corner.
2: <laughs> do you, Daniel, do you also picture him like cleaning cat litter in his box? For some reason, I picture him like, like pawing at the at the contents of his box
3: while he's inside of it. Yeah, I assumed that he basically lived in one of those like big plastic green turtle sandboxes.
0: Yeah, it's like one of those, just with soothers lying around
3: <laughs> in the sand. Yeah, well, in the kitty litter. It's kitty litter, really. Yeah, get that nice gritty feeling in your mouth. Yeah.
2: And gentlemen, we have a new segment tonight. Um, Sad Sack uh, Studios. Why, whoa, 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 whoa!
3: Why is that odd being introduced with the news theme? <laughs>
2: um, because it has its own intro. And before I play it, though, I've I've come to the shocking realization just now that we have we have ignorantly skipped over the sexual position. So please, Daniel, ninety-four.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 19- well, I thought that was the Jamie Lee Curtis. Where you go to watch Trading Spaces or Places. Instead oh, of the 94.
3: Lies. Yeah, it is It is a position of disappointment. <laughs> setting out to achieve a goal, achieving that goal, and then realizing immediately afterwards that there was a much better thing that you could have done. Um, that, of course, not so much a sexual position as a description of a feeling that you have after you've like really been sitting in front of the computer for too long. You're sort of just masturbating for masturbating's sake. And you're looking for the right video to go to. You keep thinking that you have it, but there's always something in there that just makes it feel like it's not the right one. And after a while, you're like, it's really just been too long. I just need to let it go. This, this one will do. And then that one actually turns out being even worse than some of the ones you passed on earlier. And then probably right away, as you're in that phase where the porn quickly becomes disgusting, uh, you find it. You find the one you were looking for. That's a 94.
2: And then somebody comes home, and you can't. Yeah, you're, you're done already. Oh, you're already done. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like like is... in the middle of it, oh, just just like <laughs> waiting, waiting. Like you won't, you won't go until you get the video you like, and then you get find. You finally find it, and then somebody comes home, and yeah, it's over.
3: Seconds away, then Daniel Gro Can you help me with the groceries? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 no. Yes. You seem flustered. I'll be right there. <sighs> God. All right. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, that was beautiful. And now on to the new segment. Uh, Sad Sack Studios has been receiving questions from the cool million using the hashtag #AskTheSack, <laughs> And we're going to read a few of them and respond.
4: Ask the Sack.
2: Ask the Sack. Okay. What does this one say here? Do you think Jennifer Lawrence and Darren Aronofsky receiving Razzie nominations for Mother is Deserved?
3: No. No, that seems kind of like the tail end of a bunch of internet mob hysteria.
2: Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? Can you believe it's actually happened? They, they got nominated for Razzies. That's how that's how much of a thorn in the side that movie was to people.
3: Yeah, people didn't like it. People didn't like it. Um,
0: yeah, but people didn't like it as much as People didn't like Ninja Turtles?
3: No, but I'm thinking like the real Razzie here. Something like Catwoman. Now, is Mother Catwoman? No, obviously not. Was the movie pretentious and weirdly offensive, even if you weren't religious at all? Somewhat. Sure, I'll go with that. But it wasn't fucking Catwoman. It's still a competent director.
2: Well. The other nominations, I don't think it'll win the Razzie. It'll just be nominated because the other ones are Michael Bay for Transformers, The Last Night.
3: God, uh, there's so many of those that I stopped caring so long ago.
2: James Foley for Fifty Shades Darker.
3: Mm, it's a masterpiece, though. Yeah,
2: I would contest that. Uh, Alex Kurtzman for The Mummy. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I forgot that happened. I didn't bother. Anthony Leonidas for The Emoji Movie. Those are the other director nominees. Hmm. Baywatch is getting a Worst Picture nomination instead of um, Mother. So it's those four movies that are being nominated for Worst Picture as well. Along with uh, Jennifer Lawrence for Mother, the Worst Actress nominations are Katherine Heigl for Unforgettable.
0: Um, I don't recall that movie. It must have been Unforgettable. Un- mm.
2: It's ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Dakota Johnson for Fifty Shades Darker. Uh, Tyler Perry for Boo 2, A Medea Halloween.
3: Yeah, see, that seems like a Razzie movie. <laughs>
2: And Emma Watson for The Circle.
3: I didn't see The Circle. Um, I I kind of liked it. Yeah, it seems like it's like a three star, three out of five star kind of movie. Uh, What was the other? Dakota Johnson for, I don't agree with that at all. She's the best. She's, if you're going to, if there's any quality in those films, it's her.
2: Well, it's getting nominated in pretty much every category.
3: And that movie is hilarious. (laughs) It's like a hundred million dollar fucking soap opera. It's ludicrous, stupid, and it's fun.
0: Can't wait to get the box set. I will.
2: I will. Um. I will bring up that Mark Wahlberg is getting nominated for two movies: "Daddy's Home 2" and "Transformers" in the Worst Actor role.
3: Oh wow! Has anyone seen the "Daddy's Home" movies? No, the duology. No, yeah, I don't. Uh...
2: They don't seem that that offensive to me. They seem like it would just be whatever. You really like the other one with Wahlberg and uh, Farrell, though. the The other guys.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's kind of fun. But that's yeah, the whole that thing. One... They, they just feel like. Uh... Okay. Like, get hard. That's another one. It's like mostly stupid, and I don't ever want to watch it again, but it's got like five parts where you're like, nah, nah. Yeah. That's what these are.
2: Do you perk up more with Feral when John C. Riley is involved?
3: Hmm. That's tough. It's Talladega, man.
2: I liked They're Talladega. Pr-
3: so do I. They're priceless in that. Uh, I'm not as big on Step Brothers as other people are, but I can't say that just his presence makes it okay. It's really just Feral himself. Like, wow, well, get, get can we, ready. Subdued Feral. <laughs>
2: Get ready for for later this year when John C. Riley and Will Ferrell do uh, their rendition of Sherlock Holmes and Watson.
0: Oh, no. <clears throat> yeah, oh, it's well.
2: happening. Oh, look at this this award. Uh, worst screen combo. Any combination of two characters, two sex toys, or two sexual positions, Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> Any combination of two humans, two robots, or two explosions, Transformers. This is really off the cuff here. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, Tyler Perry and either the ratty old dress or worn out wig. Yeah, that's
2: good. Yeah,
3: that's a... That's a- this Razzie category deserves a Razzie. Yeah,
2: exactly. Right? Yeah, I think yeah. maybe the Razzies are, especially with the nominations for Mother, it's like, okay, you could have done better. That's that's just uh, people... I don't even know how the nominations are created. I'm assuming it's a voting-based thing. I yeah, mean-
3: I think you can actually vote. Like... A regular human being. Shouldn't it be like like that Ben-Hur movie or something? Like, I feel like shouldn't be big, like big. I guess Mother was kind of a bomb. Not really, though. But yeah, I don't know. I don't don't like how they pick these. I feel like it should be movies that pawn themselves off as like medium or Hollywood grade films and are just fucking unwatchable because they're incompetently made.
0: Uh, The Mummy is good. They hit the nail on the head with that one for, you know, being really bad.
3: Okay, good. Yeah, that's like a like a blockbuster that's just like, ugh, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really bad. So it's safe
2: to say that the Razzies are bullshit, and um, we don't need to pay attention to them anymore. Not that we ever really did.
3: Right. Yeah, taking a turn. It seems like now with the ability to experience so many more movies, I feel like the Razzies maybe should take a turn and go for depth and try and maybe find stuff that's out there that's hilariously bad that we've never noticed.
2: Hmm. Like they need a new... They, they, they need new blood. They need fresh blood. They need to change out their chairman and uh, and start, start anew. Like, they should have been, um, you know, because w- what are the Razzies? They should have been willing to nominate some movies with sexual predators in it and, and make a category about sexual predators.
3: Right? right. They want to make a statement.
2: And speaking of sexual predators, it is being reported that a deal will soon be finalized to purchase the Weinstein Company, and it is going to be completely revamped, with a female-led board of directors. And uh, the question being asked here with with hashtag Ask the Sack is what do you think the new name should be? Mm. Like, let's say the initials stay the same. The Women's Company? (laughs) Right. Or they don't stay the same. Time's Up Entertainment?
3: Oh, God.
2: (laughs) There's a whole bunch of stuff happening from a propaganda standpoint around this purchase. Like, there's going to be a victim fund set up and a room in the headquarters for breastfeeding. (laughs)
0: I think they should change the name of the company to Exposed.
3: The Exposed Company. Sexy name. T-E-C. Yep.
2: (laughs) No, seriously, it's going to move from Beverly Hills to a space in Los Angeles, and a new office will feature a private breastfeeding room for new moms, three meals a day, and emphasize an open workspace.
3: Fuck, so nothing's going to get done. So
2: Some of the names being Pondered, Wonder Hill, Assembly Hall, and Creative Trade Studios.
0: Assembly Hall sounds like something a bunch of these guys would would have done with uh you know all the interns come <laughs> come to the assembly hall where I can expose myself to you stay then, there while uh, I jerk off into this plant
3: yeah can you take it also creative what was it creative trade studios that's that that's the kind of name you give yourself when you're like a mega umbrella corporation and you wow. just are such an innocuous entity that or this crazy uh bulbous thing that you just call yourself creative trade studios that's not that's no that's not good
2: well it almost seems like equally a publicity stunt as it is a takeover and i think it kind of has to be though if you're going to take over the weinstein company you have to make a huge bravado statement and change everything the way that they're suggesting here i think that's probably the right way to go if you want to completely change its identity
3: yeah it's a tough one because you also just roll your eyes because you're like why does it have to go so hard in the other direction Okay, so and it's been it's been led by a rapist, pedophile, like sex monster that holds a blackmail over everyone, uh, and now it's got to be all women <laughs> slathered in breast milk, and just everything's got to be like soft edges. Mm-hmm. This is like open meadows counter. What room are we meeting in today? We're meeting in the cloud room. <laughs> like it's. Ugh. Why swing the pendulum so hard? Why can't you just come in and be like, "All right, we're done with sex bullshit. If we catch it, you're fired."
2: <laughs> well, that's kind of what's happening, right? Like they've got uh, they got a legal defense fund starting up, and they got uh, a bunch of motion happening that's gonna focus on. Um, I think I think it's it's kind of like the the change that I read in the industry was that okay, so now. Before the production starts, you're going to have a big human resources talk about <laughs> about sexual harassment, which is kind of something that probably should have been happening anyway. <laughs> like, so I, I don't know, whatever. I think uh, you're, I agree with both sides. I mean, at the same time, this is like, uh, would anyone even know? If, if you took over the studio and whatever property rights they had to movies that have already been released, like w- who would even know? Moving forward, as long as it's releasing new Material, then as long as it's not called the Weinstein Company, that no one cares.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Is there even that much in a brand name anymore?
0: Well, when we watched the trailer for the current war, I was like, "That's probably not going to come out anymore." Oh. As soon as I saw Weinstein, Weinstein.
2: It will once somebody buys yeah, this. And there also, there's also a movie called Mary Magdalene with Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix that's in the in the wind in the well, can. Yeah, truth. Oh, time for the uh, time for the Q and A, gentlemen.
4: Daniel there are some really important questions that Nathan needs to ask you.
3: (laughs) The Court of Social Justice.
2: (laughs) That's new. (laughs) The Sad Sack Supreme Court of Social Justice. Um, yes, gentlemen. Tonight we are going to be um, we're going to be acting as honored justices of the Sad Supreme Court. Sad mm-hmm. has taken some calls uh, regarding some hot button topics and issues being brought forward by tonight's lineup. As honorable justices of the Sad Supreme Court of Social Justice, we will be reviewing these phone calls and discussing whether the issues being brought forward should be taken seriously or dismissed. There's a lot of fake social outrage nowadays, and we just need to know very quickly, is this something that we even need to concern ourselves with? Is this real concern, or is this a bullshit concern?
1: Okay?
3: Okay. All
2: right. Caller number one.
1: First of all, thank you for taking my call, Um, but uh, I want to talk about the new Black Panther movie because, um, well, first of all, um, they are... uh, they're blackwashing. Um, there are many characters in this movie that could have been cast um, as as white or any other race, and they are they are blackwashing. And I I think that is terrible. Also, um, there are multiple wives, um, which is against my religious beliefs, and also I think it's disgusting. Um, they are bodyguard wives, which I I think the the bodyguard part is kind of cool but um, the the multiple wives is absolutely wrong and it's disgusting and I will not be watching um, this movie I will not be showing it to my family and I think that it's disgusting and I'm outraged thank you thank you for taking my call
4: <laughs>
2: uh, Justice Daniel um, do you think there's some blackwashing going on with uh, with Black Panther? <clears throat>
3: And here's the thing with Black Panther, Uh, blackwashing, whitewashing, these terms are ridiculous. The real issue that I saw with this movie, I have no, I don't don't care. Nobody else should care if everyone in this movie is black. Uh, The real issue that I had with this movie is all the magazine covers that I saw uh, congratulating it for its diversity. (laughs) And really, that's like just a semantics thing with me, which is like the movie's all black. There's no diversity. But I understand what you mean. I guess it's great that there's an all-black fantasy superhero movie about a magical black kingdom uh, where polygamy is allowed. <laughs> if you want to be outraged, I guess. But who who fucking cares? Justice Andrew, do you have a problem with multiple
2: wives, especially if they're bodyguard wives?
0: Uh, I feel like this uh, limitations set on people need to, need to be taken away. I, I feel like if people want to have multiple wives or multiple husbands they should uh that should be allowed um as you know if you want to spend your life with a woman bodyguard who's your wife and another woman bodyguard who's your wife as well as having sex with all the the white ladies when you come over from wakanda it's it's okay if you're attractive enough and able to do that i say go for it
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i'm with i'm with it i'm i'm all for multiple wives I'm also, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pro multiple wives and I'm, um, also, I just want to point out there is white people in this movie. <laughs>
0: I, I will say that if this movie was real life, um, they would be having
3: a me too movement also from right. the, the black Panther. That's the best part to me is that the social justice warriors have to come to terms with the fact that they can't coincide black rights and women's rights in the same film. <sighs> Just one at a time. One at a time, folks. (laughs) One at a time. Um, Oh, here, caller number two.
1: Okay. Um, I am a struggling actor. And when I saw uh, the advertisements for this uh, Clint Eastwood travesty that's coming out, I immediately what's uh, overwhelmed with disgust. It is hard enough in today's business to secure uh, auditions and to get roles and to work. And when I see that the real heroes are being cast as the actors in this movie, it makes me want to puke. And I am sick to my stomach right now. I, I haven't worked in weeks, and no wonder. No wonder I'm not working because this kind of shit is happening. I am outraged. Thank you,
2: Justice Daniel. Do you uh, what what say you about the idea that uh, casting the real people in the roles of the event that they took part in is taking work
3: away? From union actors who are trying to get roles. What what say you? Uh, that that I don't really care about. I don't care about actors losing work. Um, what I do care about is how, how effective has this been? How many times has Eastwood tried this? Or anybody One, else for that matter?
2: I tried to find out where it's happened. I think the best examples are Gran Torino. Eastwood cast a bunch of unknowns. They weren't real people in, in a specific event. But they weren't actors either. And uh, Eminem. Played himself pretty much in the Eight Mile. I don't, I can't really find any other examples.
3: I feel like yeah. there was like some SEAL Team movie or something that also all the like actual uh, like Navy guys played themselves well, in some swampy sort of military mission movie.
2: The movie Miracle about the 1980 Olympics has a lot of um, real hockey players playing right. playing minor
3: roles. Yeah. My my real concern is it really weirds me out when they do that. One, I don't know that it's that much more effective to have the actual people portraying the reenactment of their lives. Two, it seems like it's weirdly traumatic psychologically for those people to be in this weird fantasy world. that has like a whole crew of people just re-envisioning their nightmare. And then I, I don't know if it's transitioning to the screen that well. Like You want to be like, oh wow, that's the actual dude that went through the actual thing. But that th- in a movie mind are you just going oh, he's not a very good actor <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I guess, so like I guess you like hire that's real, actors real actors for outrage a reason. <laughs> yeah
3: yeah i th- i would i would
2: side on the I, th- like, I understand the concern but would you have gotten that role, whiny guy <laughs> yeah. Pro- probably not i mean we're talking about three roles we're talking about an experiment it's almost like a publicity stunt really and if they do well then good on them if we're doing well. And if they don't do well, then yeah, you made the fucking wrong decision and they're not going to do that anymore.
3: Yeah. And that caller is not getting the military role getting triggered like that. No, absolutely not. Justice Andrew, anything to add? Uh,
0: I think it'll be great for these guys. Um, if they get their after cards and, uh, and like win a SAG award, (laughs) Oh shit.
3: What if they win off like a golden globe (laughs) (laughs) or a Razzie? Okay. Oh, That'd be tough. That'd be bad. You you didn't play yourself well enough.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: All right. Uh, oh, caller number three.
1: Yeah. My name is Mary, and I have, I have children. I have children, and I just saw the uh, promotion for this new Nicholas Cage thing, and it is so upsetting because. I'm sorry, they are murdering children, they're killing the children, and this is the kind of thing that some sick bastard out
0: there is going to watch this, and they're going to get sick ideas into their sick minds, and they're going to start killing children.
4: (laughs) It's just too much to bear, I can't handle it, I'm sorry. (laughs)
2: all right (laughs) justice daniel does watching children being murdered does that make you want to murder children
3: Uh, well of course
2: (laughs) Uh, what 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 is what's this nick cage movie (laughs) the the fulcrum tonight is mom and dad starring nicholas cage and selma blair about movie about parents that start attacking and murdering their children right
3: right the only people that are outraged or offended by this are people that have considered this fear themselves
2: oh burn Mm. mary
3: point
0: justice daniel poor
2: masculine mary called out called out i am in full agreement with uh with justice daniel here i think that um this is kind of in line with the video game argument um you play out your fantasies fantasies while you're watching the movie or playing the video game you don't go home and pull out a knife and start stabbing people and go to jail Uh, the one thing doesn't equal the other
0: to be fair, if there was children in this house, I would kill them. <laughs> to, just to be fair.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> that was... Um...
3: The Court of Social Justice. And, wow. Uh, wow. Now I'm going to have to send you a couple of calls. <laughs>
2: now it's time for the lineup, ladies and gentlemen. But as always, we do a little battle cry to get ourselves uh, hopped up. Gentlemen, are you ready to
3: get hopped up? Mm -hmm. You're standing up.
2: Here comes the battle cry. I'm hopping. Here comes the battle cry. Yes, we thought we'd uh, we'd bring back a, an old favorite in light of the burdenless ending. One of the best things to ever come out of the burdenless, the Miami connection.
3: Oh. <laughs> Got a friend in me.
2: Yes, and it's it it really it doesn't jack you up, but it makes you warm to what's about to happen. And that's what we do here. We warm up and then we cool down. So, trailer number one, Daniel, the headliner tonight, already foreshadowed Black Panther. <laughs>
3: Black Panther. Here we go. Tell me something.
4: What do you know about Wakanda?
0: It's a third world country.
1: Textiles, shepherds, cool outfits. All the front. Explorers have searched for it.
4: They looked for it in South America,
1: but it was in Africa the whole time. I'm the only one who's seen it and made it out alive.
4: I can see you! <laughs> oh. The world is changing. Soon, there will only be the conquered and the conquerors. Step to the spotlight, you are a good man. Step to the spotlight, it's a good heart.
1: It's hard for a good man to be a king.
0: Uh, Nathan, are you worried or excited about the Black Panther?
2: Well, I've been handed a few uh, sad sack talking points here. Uh, This is chapter six of phase three in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, (laughs) whatever that means. Um, Yeah, the bodyguard wives thing, it needs to be explained, okay? Um, It includes three women, and they are daughters of rival tribes who have been selected to serve Black Panther, a.k.a. T'Challa, as bodyguards and potential wives in order to keep the peace. So they are like gifts.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah, they're like political, uh, like, bargaining tokens.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, some interesting things here about Black Panther just as a character. He joined the Avengers to spy on them from within, but soon became, um, soon, soon came to regard them as true friends and staunch allies. So initially he was, like, uh, cautious. That's nice. Uh, the bodyguard wife thing does get a little messy in the comic books. While in America he hooks up with a white woman. And his African bodyguards' uh, wives become jelly and try to kill her. So he discharges two of them.
3: <laughs> Those tribes uh, go to war with each other and the civilization <laughs> crumbles.
2: There's weird shit going on with Black Panther in the comic books with mystic time-shifting artifacts and corrupt agencies using the artifacts to replace the U.S. president and Canadian prime minister. Both of them, yes. With future brainwashed versions of themselves. In a North American takeover.
3: Wow. Fascinating. Where's Captain America and all this?
2: Well, good thing you brought up Captain America because Wakanda's main export is vibranium. And we all know that it's a precious extraterrestrial metal found only in the meteor deposits in the African nation of Wakanda. And some of it is found in the Antarctic jungle of the Savage Land. And Captain America's shield is made of vibranium, American steel, and adamantium. So there's also a weird thing going on where vibranium in Wakanda absorbs all vibration, and the uh, vibranium in Antarctica uh, exudes vibration. So,
3: which one does Captain America have, Wakandan or Antarctic? His
2: his absorbs vibration.
3: Yeah, so yeah. they just have like just ample minds of this shit. I feel like in the movies before they made it seem like we had to take like slivers of this from all over the earth to make this one shield and now they're just like, yeah, we, we mine it. It's our main export.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is interesting. This 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 movie's interesting. The lore of Black Panther's very deep and inter- inter- interesting and there's lots going on. Uh the guy that Andy Circus is playing is Claw, and he's like one of the main villains of Black Panther throughout the comic book. And I don't I don't know. I'm I'm actually kind of into this. I think it could be unique and as far as superhero movies go i'm kind of tired of them but this one looks engaging because it's different it's unique it's about a different world it's kind of got that like you you had a positive reaction to thor ragnarok Daniel. And that's because it was set in a different world and it was embracing a whole different universe. And that's kind of what this is too. It's a hidden land. It's got a rich culture and weird dynamics going on politically and socially and people challenging him for the throne and polygamy and weird stuff going on. So yeah, I'm, I think I'm I'm going to have to lean excited on Black Panther.
3: I'll go in here real quick because uh, I'm going to lean excited too, but it's, just, it's really just for one reason. I think this is going to have a lot of the problems the other superhero movies have and i don't think that michael b jordan has the capacity to be a really good villain but i can't recall any other film that uses like a futuristic sci-fi african nation as its backdrop (laughs) i'm interested in that alone excited intern
0: i really like the music and uh i'm looking forward to listening to that on the opposite side of the situation I am exhausted of anything related to Disney. Exhausted. So like
3: s- a 60% star-, star?
0: Wars ruined Disney for me, and I can't handle it anymore. I feel like I've reached the point that a few people reached a few years ago with superhero movies, but it's just everything Disney related. Sick of it. So you watched- Lux? promising. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still exhausted. So you watched Star Wars-
2: and you walked out and you said, "Fuck Disney."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what happened.
2: Even the even the Pixar side of Disney.
0: Yeah, well, the last Pixar thing I watched, they played a fucking thirty-minute movie before the movie, which was bullshit.
2: Okay, but you know what the next Pixar movie oh, is. Yeah, and You're I don't want
0: to watch that next one. Cars four.
2: No, what is it? What is it, intern? Frozen two. No, it's not. Uh, you it's have now set yourself up. Oh,
0: it's to, Incredibles.
2: To be dis- to dislike the Incredibles. Incredibles.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah you're gonna true. be worried
2: about the incredible sequel
0: i am gonna be worried about him
2: you're worried about han solo's standalone movie yep you're worried about the avengers
0: i yeah very
2: you know that disney owns half of everything right <laughs> i know so you're gonna be worried they about bought a lot. Of
0: everything they bought a24 fucking bullshit they bought a24 bullshit ah, it was part of that deal fuck's sake. yeah
3: God that's why, God. why they declined
0: this is why i'm most upset right now anyway this looks like uh, probably the one of the better superhero movies to come out in a while. So I guess I'll say I'm excited. I'm excited to <laughs> watch this for free on Netflix when it comes out. <laughs> they're, they're starting. Because <laughs> I own. refuse. I'm not paying. There's, I'm not paying Disney any money. They're starting
2: their own streaming service, dude. They just they just got controlling. Uh, it. They just got controlling yeah. interest in Hulu. They're not giving anything to Netflix anymore.
0: Yeah. So it's brutal.
2: All you have is to, you are experiencing a 94 right now. If your dick was out, this you'd is, be. You'd be dealing with a ninety-four.
0: You know what? I can't wait to download this for free illegally.
2: Can't we deal with this, <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, uh, gentlemen. Trailer number two. Man, intern's pretty sour tonight, huh? Um, the
1: fifteen
2: seventeen to Paris.
3: The fifteen seventeen to Paris. Here we go.
4: Bonjour,
1: desire quelque
0: chose. Snack's coming at twelve o'clock.
1: Gentlemen. There you go.
0: Thank you. Look at the baby soda, Spencer.
1: Alex, shut the heck up. At some point in time, a transition takes place. You learn how to leap higher.
4: You start challenging yourself to dig deeper. Something in you that you never activated lying dormant in there. Don't try and take any shortcuts. Do what you know is right. We've been chosen!
1: I don't know man, you ever just feel like life is just pushing us towards something, like some greater purpose.
3: Intern, worried or excited. Oh,
0: I'm so excited to see the real life hero Judy Greer. Yeah. Um and Jenna Fisher.
3: She they were there.
0: Oh I can't wait. You know what? Uh the biggest problem with this um this movie is the the three guys that are the heroes. Um they live. Oh I you're know saying, how it ends.
2: You're saying it's it's a Titanic thing?
0: They they live. Yeah
2: but uh, yeah, there's zero tension. Titanic <laughs> who's, was, was very successful.
0: Who's, who's the actor that plays the one friend that dies? Does anyone know? Are you saying, or did that, nobody die?
2: Are you saying that you, do you want, do you want some talking points from sad? Saturn? I do. do, you, I want do. Powder? you want, you,
3: you
0: want powder guy to die?
2: <laughs> well, powder Maybe. guy. Are you, look, don't bring up Victor Salva movies. Okay. <laughs> oh no, we he gets touched, right. He touched children. Yeesh. Um, uh, this is the 36th movie to be directed. By Clint Eastwood. Does that seem right? And thirty six times. Does his
0: pants go up an extra inch every time he directs another movie? It's, it's like thirty six <laughs> inches above his waist now.
3: Yeah, it's halftime. They're chasing nipples.
2: It's halftime, yeah. America. Um, look, no, none of them die.
0: Spoiler. <laughs> That's it. Although, I'm worried.
2: Although I want to tell you, I want to tell you about the bald, the bald guy. All right, Spencer Stone. Okay, he tackled this guy and. Uh, he was the first one to tackle him. And then his buddies like, started to wrestle the gun away. And the guy brought out a box cutter and started digging into him. So he did suffer injuries. Um, however, later on, this guy got into... Spencer Stone got into a fight in a bar in L.A. And he got stabbed in the back a whole bunch of times. By, and like in his lungs and shit by some, some gang member. Jesus. Survived that too. <laughs> and there's also another guy from the U.K., like a late 50s, 60-year-old guy that was also involved that is nowhere in the cast list. His name's Chris Norman, and apparently he either didn't want to be involved or they didn't involve him. So there's a, there's a fourth guy that helped from Britain, and he was celebrated along with them, but he's not involved in this
0: cast list anymore. They're just like, uh, we don't have enough room in the script for you. Sorry.
3: Like, ah, we really, we just thought, you know, you just didn't fit in the trailer, you know? <laughs>
2: I don't know. I hear what the intern's saying—that it's like you know, you know what the outcome's going to be, or if you look up the news item, you'll know what the outcome is. And there's the whole okay. real hero thing, and there's the crying wives. But the trailer's not bad for what it is. Like it's—it's gonna—it's gonna draw a line in the sand between the the cinephiles that scoff at the details, and all the other people on the other side are going to be like celebrating this. Like, oh, you, oh, real heroes. Oh, wow. Well, let's go see the real hero movie. Like, there's a shit ton of people that'll be drawn to this.
0: Yeah, I was going to say when was the last time that Clint Eastwood directed a great movie? Uh, it's been a no, while. Depends on your opinion.
3: Uh, for Andy's kind of had another agenda lately. Like, lately it's not about, I don't think, making a great movie as it is. I think he, he wants to, like, showcase all these, like, military heroes, it seems like.
2: Yeah, award shows would say American Sniper was his last great movie. But I would no. say, I would say Million Dollar Baby. But I've also not seen Letters from Iwo Jima, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people would say that, too. So I think it's not a matter of Clint Eastwood being bad, because Unforgiven is probably in my top five. It's... Maybe more what Daniel's saying. He's got some sort of agenda. And actually, Sully wasn't bad either, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, Sully was surprisingly much better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but American Sniper was one of the worst things I've seen, and Jersey Boys was really bad also. Uh, I'm worried. I'm worried. Those uh, Eastwood pants are too high for him to direct with a clear head.
2: Yeah, I'm also worried. They're not real uh, They're not real actors. I'm going to be criticizing every last second of this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's what makes it so tough, because the whole time you're like, ugh. But... Then I also think like Joe Rogan all the time will talk about because he was on that he was on in news on news radio that show and he always says like it takes a great actor to be a great actor but anyone can be an actor and like so I I like that Clint Eastwood kind of shows like hey look these guys aren't great but they're not awful and they're just actual military dudes I like all that but yeah this I don't know you're bringing uh, up a I,
2: you're, you're bringing up a valid point so before you say worried or excited I want to tell you that they led. An exhaustive, that's how it's described, an exhaustive search for actors to portray the heroes. And after screening a whole bunch of actors, Clint Eastwood was like, fuck this. I'm going with the real guy. And he was actually the one who presented them with their medals. When they got back to the States before he even before the book of their incident was even written and before the script was ever written and before the movie was ever created, he was the one that gave them their medals when they returned home, I believe. Yeah.
3: See, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. He's doing movies that matter to him.
2: Well, he's fucking 87 or some shit.
3: Right. The fact that he can even pull one off is amazing. How many And I'm glad that he's making them. And I'm glad that he's showcasing these guys. And I'm glad that they have a venue. To be honest, though, I would rather just hear one of them tell me the story. You want
0: to see the documentary?
3: Yeah, maybe the documentary, but that, that's, that's it, though. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this, just simply because I don't really want to go see it. No other reason.
0: Mm. Fair
2: enough. The Fulcrum, Daniel, tonight, something that we've been waiting for for a while. Uh, first premiering at the Toronto Film Festival, and now at Sundance Film Festival, and releasing very soon is Mom and Dad, starring Nicolas Cage and <laughs> Selma Blair as parents trying to kill their children.
3: mom and dad. Here we go. Hey,
0: uh, can I go to a movie with Riley tonight? With Riley? Your grandparents are coming for dinner tonight, remember? Awesome! Grandpa telling his disgusting Vietnam
3: stories.
4: Take my advice, don't ever have kids.
0: Everything just revolves around you, doesn't it? Yeah, whatever. Oh, that's
4: What is the rush today? It's like we're waiting for a buffet. What's going on? Is that McKenna's mom?
3: Multiple reports
2: are
0: now coming in of parents murdering their own children. Listen to me!
2: We have to get out of
4: the house
0: before mom and dad come home.
4: All right? We're not coming out, okay? You have to leave. You're going to man,
3: This is a really great idea, honey.
4: I forgot your parents. That was tonight.
2: Daniel, are you uh, worried or excited about Mom and Dad?
3: I was already stepping off on the right foot, but I think what really kicked me over into excited is when I saw a little quote persuasion, Home Alone on bath salts. Uh, What a great description. And then all of this, uh, Nick Cage freaking out, parents wanting to kill their own children and that being some like sort of weird zombie apocalypse. And that's how it actually takes off. Also in the trailer, the moment that everything's all super happy and family, and then the kid throws the stuffed animal at Nick Cage and it hits him, and he just turns around. <laughs> <laughs> it's super slow mo, and you can tell that the rage has kicked in. Uh, all that shit's hilarious. Also, uh, yeah, Nick Cage singing uh, Hokey Pokey. Hokey Pokey. pokey, pokey. <laughs> uh, Selma Blair. I think she's like. I think she's she's built for movies like this, and I'm glad to see her sort of returning to her flavor, I guess to say, um, but what gets me at the very end is what I was thinking about the entire movie, and I was really hoping that that's why they included it in the trailer, and that's what they're alluding to, is that it's everyone's parents.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And that when they're like, oh shit, we invited mom and dad over, that, that those old people are going to be like, fuck you! Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, before you lay it down, can I give you some sad sack talking points here? Sure. Um, so Lance Hendrickson is in the cast list for this.
3: Yes. Playing, he's the dad. Playing a character named Mel. <laughs> is that Nick Cage's dad? <laughs> I don't know. It needs be. to be Nick Cage's dad. It could be. I'll um, be heartbroken.
2: Early feedback from the Sundance Film Festival and the Toronto Film Festival is positive. Uh, Nicholas Cage said this is his favorite movie in 10 years that he's filmed.
3: Oh, yeah. He looks like he's having a ton yeah. of fun.
2: And uh, from pastemagazine.com. In Mom and Dad, Nicolas Cage whimpers, explodes, hollers, spasms, grins, um, gurns, and weeps. Each line he lets escape from his mouth as if he's exploring every crevice of
3: every word. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it is from the writer-director of Crank and Crank 2.
3: Okay, good. So it's going to be really high energy. Uh, it's going to have great transitions that are both like cheesy and stupid and super fun. So it's going to be visually high, high energy as, as much as it is going to be just on its premise alone. So it's it's tough because Crank 1 is awesome. Crank 2 is... Uh, but yeah, I'm excited.
2: I will jump in and say, yeah, I'm ready to watch Nicolas Cage get absolutely ridiculous. You have to be prepared, I think, with this to have the right mindset. But watching the trailer, you kind of immediately understand the mindset that's re- that's required. So yeah, I'll be sitting back and enjoying um, the Nutsoid insanity of Nicolas Cage to its to its extreme. Excited about Mom
3: and
0: Dad. I think um the best thing about this is that it's going to be like Cooties, but with Nicolas Cage.
3: Yeah, it does kind of have a Cooties it's vibe. It's like
0: roll-reversed Cooties. Yeah. Um, but this just looks like lots of fun. So how can you not be excited? I am ready for full Cage.
2: Full Cage excitement.
0: Oh. Hashtag
3: release the cage. <laughs> release the cage.
2: Gentlemen, trailer for tonight stars Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. And it is called Game Night.
3: Game Night. Here we go. Tonight, we're taking game night up a notch. Oh boy. Mm. Someone in this room is going to be taken,
1: and it's gonna be up to you to find them. It's a murder mystery party. Whoever finds the
3: victim wins the grand prize. You're not gonna know what's real and what's fake. Wait a sec, you can't just come in here and break the door. Oh so real. Party asshole.
4: Help me, please. this place, decision!
3: Guys, make sure you get a piece of this cheese, it's just... The first one that follows us gets sucked. Okay, (laughs) roger that. You drive safe.
0: I've always enjoyed the camaraderie of good friends,
3: competing in games of chance and skill.
4: Do we follow him?
3: It seems
1: like him.
2: Ryan, you go first... I'm scared. Lou!
4: Joke. People are in real danger. Is this gun real? Oh, oh no, Annie. Oh, oh no no. no, no, no. no, no, no. Ah. Blood!
3: An ass like that, you don't.
4: Oh. Well, thank you. Yes. Oh no, he died. This is instructions on how to remove a bullet. It didn't have rubbing alcohol, so I got you this lovely sharp. Good idea. Way to pivot. And then a squeaky toy. For the pain. That's smart, huh?
3: Nathan, we're very excited.
2: Okay, so we've done this several times. Uh, Jason Bateman's in a movie. The trailer's awesome. He's clever. He's funny. He uses <laughs> words like pivot, and he, everybody says they're excited. And then the movie comes out, and it's average at best. Right. And although, I mean, I look back fondly. I'm on Horrible Bosses, which is the directing tandem involved here. Is the writers of Horrible Bosses one and two and Spider-Man: Homecoming actually? Um. And at, like, may I just say that directing tandems are becoming much more prevalent. It seems to be becoming a, a big thing. I, even though, in spite of all of that, like, can you really say you're worried about it? I don't think so. I don't think so. It looks fun. It's got Jesse Plemons backing out like into the shadows like an asshole. Uh, I saw some other comedians, that chick from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nines in it. And uh, and Kyle Chandler's a good choice for the serious straight guy. I I don't know. i it's it's probably you, gonna have lols. Who, who was
3: the one backing into the shadow?
2: Jesse Plemons. Uh, Who's he's, that? Well, he was he's in the, that Black Mirror episode recently, where he was the captain of the USS. Whatever. Oh,
3: right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a uh, he's a Bizarro yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah, he got yeah. He's in Breaking yeah. Bad.
2: Yeah, he got his breakthrough. His his breakthrough role was in Breaking Bad. But he yeah, that's in, right. He was in stuff before that too. You just didn't recognize.
3: However, or you mistook him for Matt Damon.
2: He's banging Kirsten Dunst <laughs> right now. That's what's going on. Because he was in Fargo season two with her, and they got married. It's crazy.
3: Who? who? Kirsten Dunst. Oh, Kirsten Dunst. They said Kirstie Alley.
2: <laughs> like he's what? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> good, good luck, buddy. <laughs> Hope you have fun with that, um, guys. I have to say, excited. I have to. I have to because it looks like it's fun. I'll probably it won't live up to expectations. Excited.
0: <laughs> Intern. Um. Everything Nathan just said. Yes. Uh. I
3: agree. Just duplicate excited. J-
0: yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have the exact same worries. Excited. Yeah. <laughs>
3: right. Uh, Okay, yes. Nathan's worries and intern's follow-up on those worries are valid. We have seen this pattern before. Uh, That said, premise is great, especially for Bateman's type of humor, which is (laughs) watching crazy shit go on and commenting on it nonchalantly. So this gives him an actual reason to do that. Uh, The real thorn here is McAdams. She can just keep to her fucking self, keep, keep on the same tone of humor as everybody else. I know that she can at least pull that off a little bit then we're all good. And I kind of chuckled a little bit when the guy commented on her ass being nice for being, you know, she couldn't have any kids because her ass is too nice. We did comment that even though I hate her, I have recognized that part of her uh, acting skill. That's true. So That's true. I believe uh, it was the burdenless movie Morning Glory where yes. you where you uh, regaled us with your appreciation of her bottom. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hear where he's coming from. And yeah, I did laugh very hard at <laughs> That dude just backing into the shadows, holding that cat. And uh, sure, why not? I'm excited.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Mm. All right, trailer 5. In the five hole tonight is the third and final chapter of the Fifty Shades trilogy. Fifty Shades. Freed.
3: Uh, Nathan, you know, if we ever do a hockey podcast, it's got to be called The Five Hole. (laughs) All right. Fifty Shades Freed. Here we go. Good
0: morning, wife. Look out your
4: window. Well,
0: you know true. I'm taking you away for the weekend.
4: I just can't believe this is my life. That I get to live with you. Oh, I love your pictures, it meant nothing to me before you.
0: Anna Gray's office. We wanted to welcome the new fiction
4: editor. We
0: I bought it for us. I should have asked you first.
4: I
1: love it. Oh my god. Christian. This is Matteo, the architect. This location is perfect. I'm going to build you a fabulous house. Please stop speaking to my husband as
4: if I weren't here. Anna. <laughs> you may call me Mrs. Gray. I'll pick you up a five. I might not be done by then. We're
1: being followed.
4: How the hell are you, Anna? Jack, what do you want?
1: So you want to play?
4: Yes, sir.
0: I made a vow to love you faithfully, forsaking all others.
4: Did you sleep with her?
1: To comfort you in times of need and to keep you safe for as long as we both shall live.
2: I'm going to throw this one right back to Daniel. Uh, Daniel, are you worried or excited? About Fifty Shades Freed.
3: Oh, man. What a great trailer. (laughs) The only sad thing is that I really wanted it to keep building with that crescendo with the music in the background. And then the very last scene when it's like doop, doop, doop and go silent. It just shows like Christian Grey on his stomach bent over like a leather stool with his hands bound and then her like caressing the tip of a strap on and then, (laughs) and then just like making a thrusting motion. And then it cuts back to the music.
4: Ah, ah, ah.
3: (laughs) Uh, Fingers crossed that it goes there. I don't think it does though. That said, uh, this is, looks like more just insane, super high budget soap opera trash. And I'm, definitely going to be forced to go see this with Amanda who I think should comment on this trailer next time she's on regardless of the lineup and uh, after seeing both the previous ones I think I know exactly what to expect and I can't wait Worried. <laughs> wait wait what's the right oh you're excited definitely not for its quality excited
2: <laughs> there it is No, oh, there, there it is go. all right um, first of all I was forced well, I wasn't forced Um. I was I watched 30 minutes of Fifty Shades Darker with daniel and amanda in dallas and i get it now i get why how i get how you should watch these movies. you would completely acknowledge that they're terrible and embrace the soap opera budget nonsense going on and watching this trailer really clicked for me because just the we're being followed (laughs)
3: <laughs> and then basing sexy, her shows up, dude with a knife. Yeah, oh, she's it, she's, uh, she's moving in and she's getting possessive, and it's so over the top and terribly
0: corny. Uh, uh, Daniel, yeah, is, is Jack in a previous one?
3: Yeah, he's, in the previous movie, Jack is her boss. He's the fiction editor. Oh, okay, because... sexually harasses her. She, he gets fired by Christian Grey, who does something like buys the business itself. Mm. And then puts her in in his old position at the end of the movie. He's just, like, sharpening a knife next to a lake looking at their house or something.
0: Because, <laughs> yeah, she's like, Jack. And I was like, I don't remember him. But... <laughs> I haven't seen the second one. So So
2: the internet says that humans possess three cone visual pigments for conveying color information that is said to allow humans to be able to detect approximately 10 million unique colors, but only distinguish about 30 shades of gray. Uh. Now, the internet says a lot of things, and it's not that simple. Because there's a lot of talk about shades of gray and how, you know, you might not be able to recognize the difference between two hundred and twenty-two and two hundred and twenty-three, but you definitely notice the difference between seven and one hundred and fifty. So, that being said, I do enjoy the idea that thirty shades of gray could include the less risque sexual activities, and it's the other twenty that you can't see that really sex it up in the darkness of our muted desires. Daniel, I am watching it as a comedy excited. Woo! <laughs> And there should be fifty uh, of these,
0: <laughs> as well. Right. Just keep
2: amping it up. Spinoffs, shade, what have you.
0: So as uh, this fits into the genre that I enjoy the most, which would be thriller, the thriller genre. Uh, how can you not get on board with a drama, romance, thriller that will ultimately end up being be a comedy? So a movie um, that transcends three different genres does that make it a genre film? Well, you—I listed three three genres. You know, when you're in the movie store, and like 20 years ago, uh, you had the different genres. Like, there was drama, and right? Comedy, yeah. Thriller. So
2: that's actually a great comment, intern, because that could be a thing. Like, okay, you're in a video store. You can't put it in drama, romance, thriller because that doesn't exist. So where do you put it? Uh, comedy. <laughs> <laughs> because it would have been in. Because it wouldn't be romance. Doesn't have its own section. Thriller does in suspense, so it would be it would be between drama and suspense. it'd probably end up in drama incorrectly. it should be in comedy you right
3: no, it'd be in an independent video store in its own in, in in a section called late night
2: no actually, the truth Daniel is that it would be under uh it would be on a shelf called daniel's favorites
0: <laughs> staff picks yeah yeah it'd be under uh, staff picks so uh does Jamie dornan uh show us some dong because if he does
3: i'm excited if he doesn't i'm worried uh no a lot of ass you get a little like pubis no straight dong i don't think this Uh oh they gotta they gotta cut to the chase
2: now you can't you gotta amp it up there should be a full-on blowjob in this movie she should be sucking his dick
3: these aren't even nc-17 mind you these are still R. so although he wouldn't want his dick to be sucked he would want it to be hit no he likes to do the hitting
2: Oh, okay. Also, in my search, or sorry, in the Sad Sack Producers Studios search this week, uh, they found a lot of people claiming to be Christian Grey, like the real Christian Grey, like the inspiration. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people out there in the world that are claiming to be him or the inspiration. Yeah, trying to pick up sad women. (laughs) And turn them into pleasure
0: pain models. Mm
2: -hmm. Did you say whether you were worried or excited in turn?
0: Oh, you got to be excited. (laughs) I'll feel freed after I watch this movie. (laughs) After Fifty Shades of Grey, the
2: first one, did anyone here think that all three of us would be excited
0: about the third edition of this series? <laughs> well, for everyone's appreciation
3: for bad cinema, that's what it is. That we now have, uh, sure, it is. We had to grow, yeah, as individuals to reach this place.
0: <laughs> this, like any good horror franchise, threes where things hit their stride. You let go of, you know, ex- expectation and just accept what you're given and you enjoy it more.
3: Yeah, you have to be freed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you to the round table in the second part of Trailer Part Podcast, episode 94, the first episode in the post-burdenless world. The way that this works is we just hang out and we talk about movies, we talk about whatever we want to talk about. This is where we, where we decompress during the round table. We've now become true gentlemen. The ceremonies are pending because we do have to clear off the remaining items off the burden list. But there's no pressure. There's absolutely no pressure. There might be some pressure if it takes too long. <laughs> if it takes a really long time, there might be some pressure. But right now, there's zero pressure. We're just hanging. We're just hanging.
3: So, right. Because, I mean, I, you know, to be honest, a true gentleman wouldn't take too long. Uh,
2: well, that's the point. That's the point. I mean, that's those are some of the things that will be said should it take a really long time. Like if it's like, hey, Nathan. Are you ever going to watch Hunting the Legend? Don't you want to become, don't you want to have your coronation as a true gentleman? And I'll be like, yes, I did watch it, and let's have the coronation. So it'll be simple.
3: Mm-hmm. Episode 188, Hunting the Legend, still there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know how it is. And I would like to just take a moment and have a moment of silence for the burden list if you guys are good with that.
3: Absolutely. Okay, mm-hmm. let's let's have a moment here. <laughs>
2: Let's not milk that that some people could get offended by that. Okay. <laughs> It's not meant to be offensive. It's just a great song to like be this solemn.
0: Was a sad
3: moment for the death of the burdenless.
2: Exactly, exactly. It's not meant to be, you know,
3: sacrilegious towards the military. Yeah, that's not the, the cool point. million. They're like ninety-four. That's where I jumped off. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> burdenless was my favorite part. What are they cutting that for? <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. So a few things. I mean, I'd like to bring up a few things. Um, the Oscar nominations recently were released, so that's one thing I'd like to talk about. And specifically, I'd like to talk about Jake Gyllenhaal being snubbed again. Hey, hey, Jake! Hey! Jake! Fuck sakes.
0: <laughs> I guess he wasn't stronger than the other competitors.
2: No, he didn't deserve it this year. I guess That'd be a funny joke. But it is like Jake's kind of in a shade of gray that they can't see. Huh? Well,
3: did he ever... Huh? He hasn't been freed. Hmm. Well, did he... Did he... Weinstein? Did he... Did he? Does he deserve an Oscar? He did not Weinstein. Jake is pure.
2: Pure as the driven snow. Jake is, is a wonderful man. man. He's a wonderful man. Yeah, his, he his, is. His sister though. Oh, yeah, I could see her touching somebody's <laughs> junk. Oh yeah. All right. Let's see. I could see it. Well, you can see it on The Deuce on HBO. Yeah, you, can. you can you can watch her touching junk multiple times. Yeah, she likes to touch the junk in The Deuce. Um She's also He's a serial junk toucher. Also, oh, she gets sprayed in The Deuce, yeah. Also, let's let's connect things here, okay? Cuz Fifty Shades Freed was talked about. So then, of course, we've talked about Jake, which led to Maggie, which leads to That's Right, The Secretary with James Spader. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that is a very bizarre movie, and it is right up that alley. Uh,
0: this is like all recommendations for people to watch.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Secretary's good shit, because Spader is like right in between his <laughs> like young attractive phase and his old fat like Shatner phase. He's It's sex, lies, <laughs> and videotape Sh-
2: Spader, and that's... That's a very sexually crazed Spader.
3: Oh yeah, that's a dark energy, receding hairline Spader that is just, as a straight man, fucking hot. Spader fucking rocked it back in the day, dude. Spader was oh, the yeah.
2: fucking shit. You watch the Secretary; it's like a traffic accident. You can't, you can't stop the the intensity. It's like he brings an intensity. If he was Christian Gray, okay, yeah, take take Spader in his prime, put him in the Christian Gray rule. that.
3: Movie's no longer funny. Oh, no. That, then now you got a film. <laughs> <laughs> like actual movie. Exact. But he is. Spader is one of those guys that is like old stock. You don't see him anymore. They're guys that could give legitimacy to an NC 17 movie.
2: Oh, just watch a couple episodes of Boston Legal. It's a ridiculous show, but he fucking crushes it. He yeah, crushes well, and he's it. fucking funny. Yeah. All the time. Stargate plays oh. the role of Daniel. Yep. Great. Underrated sci fi movie, and he
3: crushes it. Oh, when he's like having to give that like bumbling spiel to the military guys in that room (laughs) at the very beginning. Oh,
0: these figures that you would believe to be words to be translated were in fact, sorry about that, were in fact star constellations.
2: Um, and then he did that little the dots on each side of the out of the cube and then a the center And I was like as a little child
4: Wow
0: <laughs> to find a destination within any three-dimensional space we need six
1: points To determine an exact Location you said you needed seven points well, no,
0: six for the destination, but to chart a course, you need a point of origin.
2: Oh my God! I think that was 1994, Daniel. Holy shit! Holy shit! I have to.
0: Let's not forget his uh, best role as Ultron. Uh, Ultron. From Avengers: you just Age finished, of
2: Ultron. You just finished shitting on Disney earlier, and now you're bringing yeah. up Ultron and jerking off.
0: Now I thought I would.
2: You
3: guys, uh, a
0: little shit Spader's way.
3: You guys uh, could. I got to take the dog out real quick. You guys continue or pause or whatever.
0: Mm. Let's just continue. <laughs> uh,
2: so Daniel is currently, I think we'll give a play-by-play, he's, he's currently uh, taking Roxy uh, outside to take a poo. To deuce. Or pee. We don't know. Could be a number one, could be a number two. We're not quite sure. Maybe um,
0: it's a combination. It could be a three. Intern,
2: what do you know about betting odds on the Oscars? What do you know about betting
0: in general? Um, I know that uh, when you bet, you give your money away for no reason.
2: Okay, but did you know that there are Oscar betting odds, like on no. like like sports gambling websites? Well, have a section for the Oscars,
0: right? And that makes sense. Okay,
2: so what do you think? Because Daniel wouldn't really have um, a guess here, I don't think, because I don't think he cares that much about the Oscars. So it's almost kind of fortunate that he's letting the dog be. Um, what do you think the front runner is? odds wise to win best picture do you need a rundown of the nominees? uh no i've got
0: it okay. um that's interesting odds wise i'd probably say well i've got two uh, shape of water and three billboards
2: you are correct sir yeah shape of water is the odds on favorite yeah. three billboards is the second
0: favorite what right. would
2: what would be the third place favorite
0: uh ladybird
2: <laughs> right again dude you should be a fucking oscar betting bookie
0: i, I know see. The, i know the numbers
2: let's see if this continues fourth
0: oh shit
2: don't no no pressure you've already won you already you already nailed the top three so i'm as far as i'm concerned i mean it's like the olympics right gold silver bronze nobody cares about fourth i'm just i'm just right. testing it i'm just seeing dunkirk you're close dunkirk dunkirk is fifth
0: oh is it call me by your name
2: no call me by your name is seventh oh wow I don't know. Get out. I'm just get out. Fourth in betting get odds. Get out of here. But this is a this is a website that has not one. I'm I'm looking at odds in case people want to look it up. Oddschecker.com and it has tons of different sites that take bets. Tons. A whole bunch. And this is the consensus from all of these sites. So it's not right. one. It's not one source. It's all of them. So get out is really fourth. That's cool. Yeah, uh, The Post is 6th, Darkest mm-hmm. Hour is 8th, uh, and Phantom, Phantom Thread, Thread, is Thread is last. Last, time. yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, Phantom Thread hasn't been released for very long. It was limited release, so not a lot of people know about Nobody's it. Nobody's seen it. Yeah. And I'd say the odds are pretty similar. It's almost like a tie for 8th between Darkest Hour and Phantom Thread because the odds are pretty, pretty on par. Best yeah. director odds. Who's number one?
0: Uh, number one is uh, Guillermo del Toro. Number two. Number two is probably Christopher Nolan. Correct. Number three. Um, uh, this is where I struggle because I feel like I'd... Paul Thomas Anderson.
2: Anderson's not even on their ballot in the... Awesome. Uh, well, he's not even on the list in the in the betting odds, so we'll call him fifth.
0: Okay. Uh, so then uh, Jordan Peele.
2: Fourth. Greta Gerwig is third.
0: Greta Gerwig is third, yeah.
2: And it's actually a pretty big difference between third and fourth, to be honest, odds-wise. Best
0: mm. actor. Uh... Um, This should be uh, Gary Oldman at number one.
2: Odds on favorite, Gary Oldman. Second. Daniel Day-Lewis? No. Really? Fourth. Fourth?
0: Yeah. It's because all these people haven't seen that movie. That's why. Uh, Timothy Chalamet.
2: Correct. Second. Yeah. Second favorite. I did not picture him being second. Uh, Who's third? Daniel Kaluuya. Correct. And fifth is Denzel. So, best act. Daniel, we're talking about the odds, the gambling odds for the Oscars right now. And Mm. the intern's actually been fairly accurate in assessing what the odds are. No, they had to something. Yeah. Well, and we, it's it's good because you don't really care that much as, as we do, I don't think, about the Oscars. So it's a good topic for you to talk about while you're letting the dog pee. Um, or poo. Not sure. We, we didn't know whether it was a one or a two.
3: I, I didn't know either. I just knew it was going to be one
2: or the other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're on the last one anyway. Uh, best actress. Odds.
0: Uh, Frances McDormand.
2: Odds on favorite. Correct.
0: Second. Um, Margot Robbie. It's Sarsha. Sarsha, yeah.
2: Margot Robbie's fourth. Who's third? Sally. Yeah, Sally yeah. Hawkins, and then fifth is Meryl Streep. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there is a betting line, or there will be a better. Li- I wonder if there will be a betting line for the number of Me Too and/or and Time's Up references and/or speeches.
0: Oh, there's bound to be. Did you hear um, Casey Affleck's not going to present? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, he's backing out just so that it's not a topic of conversation. And I applaud him for it because yeah. the amount of people that would attack him on Twitter is probably ridiculous. So, yeah, just whatever.
0: Yeah, Fuck tradition. Did the, did the right thing.
2: Well, because Casey Affleck's supposed to go out and give Best Actress, and they lit him up last year for winning it and the movement has only gotten bigger and stronger now. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's absolutely making the right decision.
0: On Twitter, everyone's going to be like, he did it, you see? What an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> he was
2: he was accused, he settled some things out of court, and all of a sudden, he's the devil.
3: Yep. Yeah, but was it rape-rape? Yeah, well, that's the question.
2: What's the difference? What, what, what's the severity? What's the... How do you analyze this shit without acting like an asshole? Like, I don't know. I feel like a white male in today's world can open their mouth and say just about anything and and get
3: uh, get lit up. So yeah, that's why you can't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, you just have to let go. But yeah, I, I applaud him because you know the point is the awards, right? And I try to focus on that. And when people get up and grandstand and and ride the coattails of a movement to get publicity, I just I shut down and I just dismiss it immediately. So it's, you're there for the award show. It reminds me of some of the old. Um, nonsense that went on with like Jane Fonda back in the day in the 70s and Marlon Brando where they just like made these stunts and made publicity statements and went off on rants and then people came out and be like look it's an award show sit down shut up (laughs) be gracious and get off
3: (laughs) calm down Hanoi Jane yeah yeah
2: like you're you're here to celebrate how elitist and great you are so when you get up and you act self-righteous it just it just I don't know it puts ink in the water it makes it it makes it cloudy and dumb and that's dumb and stupid. So that being said, <laughs> Daniel, have you mm-hmm. watched anything you want to bring to the roundtable for us to discuss?
3: Uh, yeah, I have watched some stuff. I can't remember if I brought it up last time or not. Did I talk about the vault? Mm-mm. No, no, James Franco,
2: another uh, another uh, soul that has been attacked recently.
3: Yeah, I c- I can't remember. I think I may have been excited for that trailer. We never did we, it. It came. I mean, we didn't. We, we, we no, never covered
2: it. No, it came close to being covered. I thought it was worthy of like a lost trailers at least, but we just never got around to it.
3: Okay. How weird. Why do I always think that I see these things on this show? And then it turns out, Oh no, we never (laughs) never did that. And I'm like, but then where the fuck did I watch it? (laughs) Like the trailer anyway. Um, Yeah. When I saw this trailer, the trailer was interesting because it was like sort of a, a a turnaround plot. Well, I think the, the big connection with the vault to
2: trailer park is, um, that it's the same writer director as the signal which was one of the first movies and first trailers that we ever really you know got pretty nerdy about and celebrated as being a great trailer i mean regardless of the outcome of, of, of watching the movie so i mean the vault should have should have probably been a fulcrum it just didn't uh hey hey the table the the cutting room floor is full of mistakes don't Obsess about it.
3: <laughs> no, I know it, it's not a mistake. well wow, thank you. Because yeah, I, I met the trailer. I remember watching this and going like, okay, cool. So it's like a bank robbery. Uh, James Franco plays like the bank, <clears throat> like security guy or manager or whatever. And he finally he directs them that there is a vault downstairs in the basement, a different vault. And they go down there and they unleash some sort of like fucked up haunting and then the whole movie takes a turn it's not a bank robbery movie anymore it's a it's a horror movie that that comes off really cool in the trailer <clears throat> the movie fucking awful
4: really
0: <laughs> really
3: just like i was i was taken aback cuz i was not expecting that that level of of movie from the trailer really intense super stupid they like release the ghosts out of the vault like almost immediately like 20 minutes into the movie uh franco is just francoing all over the place he's actually entertaining but when they cut to him it's almost like he's in a different movie and then it's just like ghosts with bags over their head from some botched robbery that took place 20 years ago and it's plays out as some hallmark ghost story and it's just like oh
2: thank you well that's good well it's not good but it also brings up something for me with red flags like why don't i ask myself why don't i recognize red flags enough it's like oh the signal Oh well, that trailer was really, really great. The movie was nowhere near what the trailer suggested, and that's a red flag. So if I see the guy again, I should
3: be like, "Oh, that was a—he was a red flag, not oh the signal." That I should be excited. I should be worried. Right. The trailers for this guy's movies, you know, they fit the description of the premise of this show.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they—they—they they, um, they trick you.
3: And the poster is
2: awful for the vault, actually, as well.
3: It looks kind of yeah cheap. So that's another red flag. Yeah, I don't know how Franco slipped in there unless he's just like, you know, like I said, maybe it's on par with his I just do whatever the fuck I want mentality. Or but even this one seemed a weird one for him to slip into.
2: Or it's a True Detective Season 2 scenario where they're like, oh, the script isn't written yet? Sure, I'll sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did the signal? Love that trailer. I'll sign right here. Yeah. It's one of those. It's one of those. I've been watching a lot of Black Mirror, gentlemen. I, uh, yeah. I watched the first season and then I left it alone for a long time. And I've been revisiting it, and my God, my God, I can't really say that any of them are bad. There's weaker ones and stronger ones, but every single one of them is like, ah, interesting. And you walk around with it in your brain for half an hour to an hour.
0: (laughs) That's the the maximum amount of attention that... Well something can get no, nah,
3: they come back up because they 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 spark like interesting ideas for the future. I, I as well, I also did that the exact same path that Nathan just described, which was <laughs> I watched the first season, loved it, didn't touch it again. Season four rolls around, I'm like, I'll get back into it. And yeah, I've watched a handful myself as well. There's some
2: really interesting concepts being brought up, and it's it's tough to have a conversation unless everybody has watched all the episodes, but there's some very cool ideas and they're well produced and hey out there cool million if you're looking for something just to to watch you're not sure you're you know doing the whole netflix thing where you're skipping through and you don't know what to watch just pick go to black mirror like pick out an episode you won't
3: it'll it'll, it'll satisfy it'll be fine it'll be good yeah they're all standalone so you can just read the descriptions yeah one of them will be interesting yeah. and watch it yeah read the descriptions pick out one
2: that you think is the most interesting and It'll satisfy you, and that's a trailer park guarantee. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of satisfied, <laughs> speaking of satisfied, I do want to talk about Phantom Thread because the intern and I, uh, when he was in the city recently, we went and saw Phantom Thread together. And I, it's it's actually been a while since I've since I've walked out thoroughly satisfied by a movie. And Phantom Thread, regardless of its content being about a dressmaker, uh, it was very satisfying. It was very good e- executed,
3: big time. Yeah, he managed to watch it all between uh, the making out. Oh.
2: <laughs> I we would can, not. You can get
3: past the holding hands and...
0: No.
2: Have you no, seen his a... beard? He carries things around in it. I wouldn't go anywhere near in that
0: shit. I got <laughs> to save stuff for later. Like disease? No, just meals. Just no. bits, things, needles, Crumbs.
2: diabetic needles.
0: Scrap. Yeah, Yeah.
2: No, I went in worried because PTA's last movie, Inherent Vice, I don't know if I really understood it, and I've been kind of concerned about him since then. But he crushed Phantom Thread. And Daniel Day-Lewis actually deserves a fourth Oscar, in my opinion. I, It was very satisfying.
0: It was very good. If the burden I, list uh, still agree. existed,
2: I'd burden it. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: You'd be threaded.
2: <laughs> I would thread you, Daniel. Like n- I'm glad that I'm...
3: Oh, such a gentleman that I don't have to. Uh,
2: oh, I'm glad. uh yeah, the sentence starts with I'm glad that I'm uh, such a gentleman. Uh, I don't want to watch it,
3: right, <laughs> dude? No, I've I've no doubt it's good. I mean I, I mean, I can't I cannot sit here and be like that movie will be awful. <sighs> I just I just. <laughs> Do you want? <laughs> hey, hey,
2: are, it just just be straight up with us right now. Are you gonna watch it
3: ever? Because if you're not, then we'll just spoil the shit out of it. You spoil the shit out of it.
2: Do it. I may
3: still watch it, even after it's spoiled. Okay. If movies being spoiled doesn't make me not watch them.
2: Okay. All right.
0: Well, hey, that opens the floodgates. Intern, I'll let you take the floor. Well, the good news about Phantom
3: Thread uh, for Daniel
0: is that it's only two hours and ten minutes for a Paul Thomas
3: Anderson movie. Hmm. That is very short. That that equates to like a clean ninety.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, yeah. That's a quick a quick view. Um, saying that. Uh, the acting performance by both Daniel Day-Lewis and um, Vicky Crisps, or is it... Yeah, that's... I don't know how to say her name. Hmm. Alma? Uh, Alma, yeah, is uh, is fantastic. Everything, everything about... Uh, it's another... This is a thing for actors. <laughs> Something to watch. Actors can watch. Other actors be great actors. Well, um,
2: because I've actually been a little critical of Daniel Day-Lewis in the past, because um, he has this like weird gait to his walk that I saw in both gangs in New York and there will be blood. And I was like, Oh, okay. So that's just a thing that he does. Like he gets into character and he starts walking like a gangly weirdo. I
0: think he's just a gangly weirdo,
2: (laughs) but in, but in Phantom Thread, it's gone. It's completely gone. He's not, He doesn't have that gait. His completely different mannerisms than any of the roles before this. Like he is, ah, ah, he's a fucking virtuoso. I'm, I'm uh I'm actually in awe of him in that performance because it's it's subtle Daniel like there's it's it's like this super anal uptight dressmaker perfectionist guy and he has these little eccentricities where he just freaks out at these small things and loses it but it's so consistent and it's executed so well and like at at the breakfast table Paul Thomas Anderson's turning up the audio on all of the noises like uh teacups hitting the plate uh, cutlery, attacking food. Um, every little noise is like magnified in the theater by like 50% at least. And you can just see it like slowly grating on him until he like, like, do you have to do that? Like, like, and just the way that it builds up in his face and, and it also has this like constant orchestral music in the background that's constantly like pushing the movie and keeping you engaged so that you don't you don't drop because it is a bit of a slower pace so it's good that it has that nice steady hum behind it orchestral wise and they're actually going to do a screening of this movie i i read with a with a full orchestra as well (laughs) it's so so pretentious but i think it'll actually be cool i'd go to that anyway it's uh it gets dark it gets dark because she tries to like possess him and uh poisons him to uh to keep to just to straighten his mind out (laughs) and it gets a little dark
0: (laughs) yeah I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, well, we'll talk a little bit more about it later. Oh, um, oh is that so? Yeah. Mm, okay. Stuff I want to bring up. Anyway. Anything else for the roundtable,
2: uh, then? Or are we done?
0: Oh, I do have a question. Okay. I have a question. Sure. So uh, this is uh, for, for Daniel. I feel like uh, if anyone knows about alcoholism, it's got to be you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. There's no reason for that. i <laughs> uh, feeling so. I watched The Lost Weekend, which one best picture in 1946 and it's about this guy who's an alcoholic and uh about uh three quarters of the way through the film they asked him if he started seeing animals yet like uh he'd see bats flying flying around or at him because Uh of his alcoholism and i didn't know that if you're an alcoholic you all of a sudden started hallucinating animals is that a (laughs) thing because it really threw me
3: is that really a thing or is it like a carryover from like cartoons
0: yeah that's what it seemed like like, it seemed totally out of left field because I've never yeah, I think heard of to, alcoholics being, uh, you know, hallucinatory.
2: In, in my right? opinion, that's the trouble with watching old school movies like that. It's because a lot of shit is going to get lost in translation from the time that it was made. You almost have to look up the year, the trends, and the culture and, like, learn about that 1948, 1949 going on? time period. Yeah, really... which is
3: why I say cartoons. I think I've seen like old 40s or 30s cartoons where people get hammered and they see like elephants, pink elephants, and stuff like that. That's yeah. crazy because I've never point. seen
0: anything. I get hammered and
3: and then I pass out. Yeah, well, same here. <laughs> I don't hallucinate when I'm drinking either. But that's I think it's like a cartoon thing, and then it just was existing at the same time. I don't know. Cool Million's going to have to research that for us and get back on.
2: Oh, it. Right. oh, well, hey, hey. You know, you can use the hashtag um, TPP or you can use the hashtag ask the sack. Ask the sack.
3: Ask the sack because we are a presentation of Setsack Studios. There you go. Yeah, we'll also accept uh, hashtag me also. Uh, hashtag me, <laughs> T-W-O. Times down. Hashtag times down. Hashtag times down. I want to mention real quick uh, – just because I watched a little trifecta of horror movies, uh, the God awful The Vaults, uh, then I caught, then I had to go and watch Don't Breathe because people mm-hmm. kept talking about it, and I guess it had some sort of twist in it. And I want to make sure that I didn't I thought hear a twist from anybody. I thought you already watched that. No, no, I've been yeah. I just to I have I had not got around to it for a long time. Finally, did. I'm glad that there was an actual like gross thing that people were referring to because about halfway through the movie, it makes a big revelation, and it is not that. Spectacular, especially if you watch a lot of horror movies. So I was like, oh no. Is this one of those things where people were like, shocking to them, but if you're a genre fan and it's not that shocking? No. A seasoned. uh, I know. A seasoned little little extra tidbit at the end that's uh, Seasoned horror. (laughs)
2: Nice little touch. Seasoned horror veteran, not genre fan.
3: Don't don't
2: don't get me don't get my back up, cousin. Jesus. I didn't rate that one very high. The point that Daniel's making is that the twist was
3: legitimate. Uh, yeah, you know, it was fine. Like for, for a horror movie, the the, the mid movie twist was fine, and then the end movie twist was was fine as well. That one's more entertaining. That's the one I think people are referring to, and that's the one that I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's pretty fucked up. Um, worthy of your said, worthy of your time though. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, it's all right. It's kind of intense because the guy from uh, Avatar, the like bad guy, he's the the blind uh, protagonist in this movie and he's intense so he adds a lot to it which is great I like what's character. interesting though yeah. is that the boy the like young boy main character I don't know if he's a boy he's like nineteen or twenty or something he is in the third movie that I'm gonna mention that was on Netflix that I noticed that's a Netflix original called Open House and I haven't heard anything less. I saw I saw something about that yeah it's uh you know it's a married couple and their son the son is the guy from Don't Breathe. And the father dies or something in a car accident. Uh, the, the mother has no money, so they have to move out. They end up moving into their sister's house, but their sister's selling their house. It's a big old mansion, uh, so they can stay there, but they just have to like be gone during the day when they're doing open houses. And they start to suspect that someone might have stowed away in the house from the open house. Hmm. For seventy-five percent, this movie's pretty good. It's kind of intense. It's a little bit slow. But you can tell that they're trying to build and work with something. And I appreciate that. A lot of little parts that uh, just make you think like, oh, shit, I would never think about that if I was in this situation. But then the ending totally shits the bed and it's not worth it. So that sucked.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, my experience with that movie was, oh, shit, the release date is so soon. Well, it's not going to supplant mom and dad. So no fulcrum for you. No, I mean it doesn't really deserve it. It's good to hear. Plus, I'm also very like I, I pick up things along the way here through 94 episodes. So I'm like if it's a if it's a tie, or if I'm feeling like a uh, you know I'm on the fence between two different movies. You know, there's certain triggers. You know, like paranormal or been done too much. It's like okay, that'll that'll tip the scale. And Open House seemed. Kind of the, even the title of it seemed kind of hokey.
3: Yeah, I was kind of into it because I was looking out for something like that because Amanda, that's one of her favorite, you know, subgenres within horror is the house invasion concept. And so I was vetting it for that. And like all the way through, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell her about this one. I'm going to tell her about this one. And then the end, I was like, fuck. <laughs> well,
2: I've heard from I've I've heard some rumors from inside the Sad Sack Studio offices that the fulcrum for 95 might be stranger sequel maybe could be i've heard
3: i've heard things
2: i've heard things could be the stranger sequel strangers is a very predominant home invasion film just want to put that out there could be happening
0: the the rumors are swirling
2: the rumors are swirling in the cubicles at sad sack studio gentlemen are you ready for the first edition ever of the intern corner
0: of course
2: That ladies and gentlemen is music created. That is original music created by the intern himself. Straight
0: from a safe safe box.
2: Straight from the safe safe box. This is the intern's corner. I felt that it was fitting to use music that you had actually uh, produced yourself. For oh, the, that's
0: so nice of you. For,
2: for the corner because you have you have been with us for this journey and there comes a time when you, you know, should stop being treated poorly. <laughs> uh
0: perfect. <laughs> I like it.
2: That time may be coming in the future, right? Um, But not
0: specifically right now. Right. Well, uh, we're edging, but
2: later on, we're edging towards it.
0: After you guys uh, have your ceremony for being gentlemen,
2: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's it's probably a good one. Probably a good one. You know, a gentleman would forgive uh, hunting the legend off of certain people's (laughs)
0: lists. True, (laughs) true, gentleman.
2: Uh. Might might do something like that, but it
0: there is, is your endless it, possibilities to what could happen in the future, Nathan. It
3: is weird because your... I, I am a true gentleman. I didn't even consider it. <laughs> <laughs> it is that being said,
2: it is it is your corner intern. So uh, you know,
0: the floor is yours. Direct the
2: conversation. Uh, Tell us what what's on your mind
0: today. I would love to talk about uh, my personal favorite director, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. And uh, and we're going to because Oscars stuff happened, we're going to relate this his career, his Oscar related career. And I'd like us to uh, come up with a communal ranking of uh, what his best film is for things that have been nominated. Hmm. Um, So it's a little bit strange because he's been nominated for different things for for movies because he's the writer director. Uh, so he has uh, screenplay and director nominations and best picture nominations, which is strange for a uh, director. Strange,
2: strange that he uh, that he writes and directs everything that he's done that he does from day one.
0: Sorry, we need to hold on for a second. That is that is unique. Hmm, a
4: little
3: unprepared for the intern corner. You should fill this with just like obnoxious sounds of like someone tearing a room apart they you know like <laughs> knocking <laughs> chairs over and throwing papers off a desk
1: Put your right foot in you take your right foot out you do the, hooky, the hooky, and you. F-
0: sorry my headphones just died oh uh i didn't hear anything oh our- since i started talking can you hear us now
2: yeah well we were just exclaiming about how far you've come uh from a gentleman's standpoint and that uh, the safe safe box may no longer be a place where you should remain. Oh, like we were we were actually spending a lot of time complimenting you and exalting your character.
0: I can't wait to hear this in uh, post production. <laughs> <laughs> really looking forward to it.
2: All right. So so what is what is your parameters here? The the no, the movie has to be nominated in order to be slated, or can we just go through his filmography?
0: Yep. No. So it has to be nominated. So I'll go through. I'll let you guys know what. Uh, what the movies are on this list here okay so uh the first one i'll go on order uh boogie nights was mm-hmm. nominated for best uh screenplay uh next he did Mac- magnolia which he was nominated for screenplay as well and then uh he did there will be blood which was nominated for screenplay directing and picture and then we have uh, nathan's favorite inherent vice for adapted screenplay the only one that he's directed that has not been his own uh, ah, written work, gotcha. uh, and then Phantom Thread, which is directing and best picture nominations.
2: See, I don't think this is fair for you to eliminate the master. But I did. Well, it it did receive Oscars, so therefore it should be on the table.
0: But this is about Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay. And he didn't receive any Oscars.
2: He wrote a movie that produced two acting nominations, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I know. I can't believe Inherent Vice is in this list and the Master is not. But whatever. <laughs> well, I'm sure, pretty sure if you ask Daniel, you know, if the Master deserves to be in the conversation, he'd probably agree with me.
0: Would you, Daniel? Uh, would you agree with Nathan?
3: Yeah, I would, just because that's one that I've seen. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, I've seen everything except for Inherent Vice and Phantom Thread. Right.
0: Okay, well, uh, what we can do is... Uh... Just so that there's another movie that you've seen. Among among we'll, gentlemen. We'll include, we'll include the master. Among gentlemen.
2: You wouldn't have watched There this Will is, Be Blood if we didn't force you to.
0: That's true. So um, from your guys' point of view, if you were to think about this from uh, a writing perspective what do you think is his best written film
3: mm, best written hmm.
2: well it's definitely not magnolia because right. magnolia is all over the fucking place
3: <laughs> i was just gonna say that i was like that's the most disjointed one on here i think well i haven't seen an hair advice but
2: i think the master is probably the most focused in the same direction and it didn't receive a screenplay nomination so it exposes the oscars for the frauds that they are uh, well
0: can't be right 100 percent of the time
2: well let's be honest uh it was a travesty That they didn't split the awards in two thousand seven, and there will be blood. There will be blood. Should have gotten director or picture, and No Country for Old Men should have got director and picture. No Country shouldn't have got both, right? Because it was such such a tight race, and there will be blood. If you really, I mean, it's it's fucking long. Like that's that's the knock on. There will be blood. It's way too long, but hey, if you smoke a doobie and you settle into that motherfucker, it's fucking intense, and it it's got great everything. It just fucking executes. Yeah, yeah,
0: there will be blood's a
3: fantastic. Yeah, it's 158
2: fucking minutes though.
3: <laughs> Still though, think about how much I hate really long movies. <laughs> I definitely prefer There Will Be Blood over No Country for Old Men. There
2: you go. See, so There mm-hmm. Will Be
3: Blood is you know consensus
2: number one has to be, given the fact that Daniel's never seen Phantom Thread, and that right, would
3: that even on, like on a writing level thinking of like a large cast, multiple perspectives and voices and everything having to yeah. work cohesively in Boogie
4: one. Nights. Nights. Boogie Nights. It's, it's
3: cohesive.
0: It is it's cohesive. interesting because I was going to say personally, I think that Boogie Nights is going to be the most challenging well, there's thing some, to write because of all the, the characters.
2: I, I think that there, and, and then we got into this conversation walking out to the car after Phantom Threat was that there's, there's different projects. There's ensemble projects and there's, you know, character-focused projects. And it's tough to compare the two with any legitimate, you know, reasoning. I can't say that Boogie Nights is not as good as There Will Be Blood, but they suffer different challenges. It's, it's very difficult to rank things and categorize things like that.
0: Okay, so I gotta, we'll, we'll do something a little bit different then. If you were to pick between Boogie Nights and Magnolia, you'd pick Boogie Nights, I take it? Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. Although those two movies are so fucking long <laughs> that I, and because of the way that I appreciate movies, I tend to pull out scenes and scenes stay with me. I'd almost want to create a collage of scenes from both and just kind of rip just them off them every, couple of, every couple of years, just like watch my collage. And yeah. Well,
3: we needed one of those like those one of those word maps where like the most <laughs> used word shows up the largest. We need to make a collage of all of our favorite scenes from all these movies and see which one shows up the most. Yeah, the, the oh, point
2: the point maybe at the end of your corner fun. intern is that he's just a fucking badass. He's guy. just great at everything, and he's made so, a lot of great shit. And you could you could cut and splice all of it into a nice one hundred and fifty eight minute package that could satisfy <laughs> you. <laughs> from his
0: whole filmography. So, uh just to finish my thought before, this is more for you Nathan because you've seen Phantom Thread. But if you were to choose between Phantom Thread and There Will Be Blood because they're both character and they both have DDL. <laughs> which one would you put on top?
2: Phantom Thread, running time. You'd Oscar Phantom Thread over there will be blood. I think Phantom Thready should win Best Director, Best Picture, and Best Actor. That's wow. that's what I think about that movie. I watched 20 minutes of The Darkest Hour, and I was like, this is the most boring bullshit ever. Gary Oldman's a great actor, but that's a guy in a fat suit, and you can't tell a fucking single thing from his facial expression because it's all prosthetics. So right. there's so much shit going on in Daniel D. Lewis's performance that is tip fucking top. I think he deserves an Oscar for for Phantom Thread way more than anything else. Although I haven't seen My Left Foot, so yeah,
0: My Left Foot is amazing. Um, well, we
2: all know how much you want to shove his left foot in your mouth. We all know that.
0: I I want to suck on those. Look, 158 yeah. minutes is ridiculous, and 188
2: minutes for Magnolia is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, it's uh, ridiculous, dude. It's, it's an ridiculous. event, Nathan and you watch boogie nights again go back this is the problem with these types of I movies i watch
0: boogie nights every year
2: that's fine um, to, to all the normal people out there <laughs> when you go back and you rewatch boogie nights this is what happens all right scenes from the movie of boogie nights specific scenes but probably like six or seven scenes are fucking badass but the rest of it is just you know above average good and it's these six or seven scenes that like get magnified over time and make you think it's a fucking masterpiece when it's really, it's really just a really great movie. And it's a little too long. It's also 155 minutes. Paul Thomas Anderson's problem is that His he, length. yeah, and now he's, he's getting older and he's made a movie that's, I think, hitting all marks at two hours and 10 minutes. Keep. He's got more courage than this one is what you're saying. Keep going, keep going, PTA, keep going, pull it down. You're almost close. You're almost
3: there. You're <laughs> You're almost there. <laughs> you keep shaving it off. Shaving it off. You're
2: so Ugh. close to two hours, buddy. I'm pulling for you. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's ridiculous.
3: Okay. Ugh. Well.
2: And the master, like, I don't know. I mean, that I asked for that to be included because just the scene between Hoffman and and Phoenix on the boat where they're doing the auditing or what is supposed mm-hmm. to. I mean, I mean, it's assumed that this is kind of comparative to Scientology cultish auditing type procedure and. That scene between Hoffman and Phoenix on the boat is, I mean, ugh, that that scene alone should be what gets it a ticket into this conversation.
3: And I say it's the scene where he's Phoenix is slapping the shit out of his coworker <laughs> <laughs> at the yeah. furniture store wherever they work. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, that thing that struck a chord with me. I can still vividly see that scene, and nothing else from the movie sticks as much as that one. <laughs> but that,
2: but That's I think those funny. are all. Those are all connected, right? Cuz his personality is being assaulted by the by by the cult and the auditing that's going on and it's like creating a defensiveness and like, I don't know, did Joaquin Phoenix deserve an Oscar for that? I think maybe he did. And he didn't even get nominated. It was Hoffman and Amy Adams that got nominated. Where the fuck is the yeah. nomination for Phoenix? Yeah, I think
0: Phoenix in the in the room like pacing or staring at the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what that's what I um jumps to mind instantly from The Master for me. Yeah.
3: I remember that, too. I think his PTA's problem is a problem that many uh, contemporary directors have. I can think of an example in the comedy world, which is Apatow. Uh, the fourth act. We don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want to, like, throw everyone off by not coming to a conclusion in the third act. And instead, you want to, like, whoop, put it on its head, then put 20 minutes of boring resolution to that conflict in so we can get to the actual middling end conflict that we don't need. And I, we just need to, like, just squeeze it in. Reacts works well. There's still lots that are going to be creative there.
0: Yeah, well, I think uh, you get that in Phantom Thread.
3: Yeah, and Phantom Thread is also, um,
2: it's actually a great swan song for Daniel Day-Lewis because he's going to retire, and that's fair. After watching that, I'm like, well, what do you? What else are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? That's fine. Good on you, buddy. Yeah. Way, way to bow out.
0: Good parts, anyway. Yeah,
2: before you start, you know, doing something that people accuse you of, just get out of here. Cheers. Cheers to you. Time's up. For Daniel Day Lewis, yeah,
3: he's gonna go play like croquet now or something. Yeah, he's gonna make dresses, I think.
0: Actually,
2: PTA. I was I was listening to interviews, and apparently, Daniel Day Lewis was watching um, the reality show of uh, Naked and Afraid, <laughs> and he kept coming to set talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just
3: bizarre. Uh, it's bizarre. Yeah, it's a survival show where they're naked. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well,
2: that was a good inaugural oh. corner for someone who wasn't prepared at all and we knew you weren't prepared and you just pulled that out of your ass.
0: That was nice. Well, it's easy to talk about, you know, things that you like. Truth.
2: Let's try to keep the Criterion conversations to a minimum on the corner,
0: okay? (laughs) Uh, Next intern corner, (laughs) PTA Criterion. Right. We'll be talking about Punch Drunk Love.
3: (laughs) Also, can we get Daniel Day-Lewis in touch with Jim Carrey and teach him how to really get into a character without metaphysically losing yourself forever? (laughs)
0: Ah, oh. have you seen Jim and Andy?
3: Uh, yeah, no, I have. Really? But I've also yeah. recently seen, like, a lot, just a lot of Jim Carrey modern-day interviews. Yeah. He has... It's not so much that he's, like, gone loony or anything. No, no, it's not bad at all. He has, like, gone to the place where people go when they have a bad trip on acid and stayed there. Like, he has lost his identity and does not consider it important or necessary anymore. So he, like, refers to Jim Carrey in the third person. Uh... Well, it metaphysically explain to you how he doesn't really exist. It's very bizarre. And he got there by doing the Andy Kaufman stuff or just acting in general. And I feel like DDL needs to be like, no, no, you can still do that and not disappear into the void. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come back, Jim. Almost like mentor him, yeah.
2: One of the greatest things I've heard over the last couple of weeks, because I'm a sports guy and a movie guy, is uh, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast and he was making a comparison, uh, or actually he asked... They they asked Didi or they, sorry they asked PTA on the podcast you know to compare Daniel Day Lewis to a sports metaphor and PTA said that he's like I don't know how many people know uh, a lot about baseball but he said it was like Daniel Day Lewis is like a is like a starter where when he's starting the game the bullpen doesn't warm up because they know in advance that he's going to go the distance and he's going to pitch the complete game every single okay. time
3: I understand that metaphor. And
2: it's actually it's actually pretty cool because apparently Daniel Day Lewis is just intense and just goes and just doesn't stop at all. And this Phantom Thread movie was actually a collaboration; it almost sounds like they made the movie together in a way. So that actually speaks a lot to the performance and the execution. So it's awesome. And he right, he didn't want the actress who plays Alma to know him at all before the the they started filming. So Vicky. Creeps, if that's how you pronounce it, didn't meet him until they did a scene together, and he was in character, being all method. So yeah. it all, it all adds like to
0: it. it's like Daniel's do. Mm.
2: Yeah, his, he has your name, cousin. That's right. And he's the best of his trade. No one's won three best actors. And if he wins this one, it'll be four. That's unprecedented. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. DDO. Agreed. I'm going to randomly uh, play some music here as we exit. I don't even know what this is. Excuse me. There we go. Continue intern. Sorry.
0: I was going to say thank you for coming out to the corner this evening. And uh, you gentlemen have a lovely evening.
2: It's wonderful. I appreciate it. The yeah, corner.
3: It was pleasant. It was clean for once. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you actually, I'd, I'd say if I was to count up the number of times out of 94 that you did your job, we'd be uh, closing in on double digits tonight. Hey. Oh, that's, nice. That's nice. Uh, so, to all of you, cool million you have any questions you know the hashtag it's ask the sack
3: (laughs) ask the sack ask the sack sack the ass
2: (laughs) get into it it's new it's hip it's it's rocking it trailerparkpodcast.com sadsackstudios.com at tparkpodcast at the intern tpp at 100 lunatics these are all things that we do these are places that you can talk to us and we'd love to talk to you. And we'd love to answer your questions. So,
3: hey. Or your calls. Or your or Do your we call. need to get an 800 number <laughs> set up? one
0: 800 sad sack, And that actually
2: works, by the way.
0: If you get my extension, I'll just be peeing while we talk. Because that's three and four. So that would work. Give them intern's number. 1-800-SAD-SAC.
2: Give it a give it a ring, see what happens.
3: Sad sack, or call the intern at one whatever <laughs> the forty five digit uh, Canadian area code is. Yeah.
2: Well, it's one four zero three. I won't do it. Eight three zero two 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 four. Something like that. Anyway, we thank you very much, chill Podcast ninety four. Don't forget after tonight, after you've listened to the episode. Go out. Celebrate at 94. Try to get off, but don't. And become very disappointed and depressed. And from all of us here, have a great night. Hey
1: now, you're a